Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. I'm Ames. I'm joined by... Caitlin. Jake. And Chris. And we've got an exciting one for you this week. It's all crazy logic as we explore eye mud and metamorphosis. synopsize these quickly and then we can dive in. In iMud, Lieutenant Norman is an odd crew member. He's new to the ship. There's something not quite right about him. In fact, he decides to take over the ship, join join everyone and say, hey all, we're going on a fucking joyride to some planet. We'll see you there in two in four days, and shuts himself off. Four days later, nothing has happened, so they arrive at this planet. And they go down and it's a planet populated by thousands of robots. Led by none other than Harry Mudd, our good friend, who's weirder than ever. <laughs> and he ru- rules this gigantic population of androids, but has gotten bored of them and wants company. So he got the fucking Enterprise here to give him company. But the androids have another motive. The oh. androids have noticed that humans are fallible and kind of dumb, which admittedly... Humans are infallible and kind of dumb. Especially and their only Harry example, Mudd. yeah, was Oh, Harry. yeah. Especially they're everything infallible? that... infallible? What did I say? You said they're infallible. Oh, I'm sorry. They you... are fallible. They are very fallible. My bad. So the androids have decided that they're just going to take the Enterprise, leave everybody here, with some android servants, because why not? You might as well be nice to your prisoners. Find some planets, infiltrate their way into society, and slowly start controlling the universe. Kirk and crew decide this is a bad idea and thwart their android captors with a weird circus sideshow of illogic and paradoxes and other craziness until he breaks the robot's minds and they're able to escape, leaving Harry to his terrible android wives who hate him. That's iMud. That's most of iMud. So much fun. You must have hated it. Oh, uh, we, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Oh, goodness. In Metamorphosis, the shuttlecraft containing McCoy, Spock, and Picard. No. Picard? <laughs> wow, I'm a couple series ahead. Writing fan fiction. I wish. I was going to say, you know what it is? It's because he's staring right into you. Like, yeah. everywhere you move, that poster, <laughs> the eyes follow you. Uh, I could say data any, too, any, yeah. any moment I can. Now, I've also been playing lots of timelines still, so I just have get all the crews in one b- big lump now. But no, so Kirk, Spock, McCoy are bringing Nancy Hedford, the Federation Commissioner, to the Enterprise because she has a terrible disease that they have to get treated before she can go back and finish Federation commissioning. But the shuttlecraft is dragged away by this weird energy thing to a planet where we meet Zephram Cochran, who was supposed to have died 150 years ago. What the fuck is up with that? Well, they, uh, they never found the body, Ames. Mm, that's that's why you always check the, check the body. Yeah. <laughs> Move He's... the headstones, but you didn't move the bodies. That's a different thing entirely. <laughs> the, answer, the answer for why Cochran is still alive somehow, and still a strapping young man, is because the energy being, the companion, has been keeping him alive to be her friend, I guess? And to have weird, glowy mating 
rituals? I'm not sure. But Cochrane is also happy to finally have company. This is really just the Lonely Guys on Planets episode. So Cochrane has some company now. Except that Federation Commissioner is still about to die, and Kirk doesn't want to live on this planet forever just to keep uh, Cochrane company. Uh, so they eventually get the companion to talk with them about what's going on. They use the shuttlecraft's universal translator to talk to the thing, and the companion realizes, oh, I'm too different from humans, therefore I'll enter the human's body, and then I can mate with Cochrane forever, and then he'll love me. Weirdness ensues. <clears throat> that happens. That's a thing that happens. So Cochrane and companion, who is now... Hedford's body, double body thing. They're just going to live on the planet together forever in happy ending. And Kirk and the rest are able to, to leave. End of episode. <laughs> all, all the companion wanted was some cock. Brynn. <laughs> she did really want to want to touch him. Mm. Let's start with I Mud, though. That I didn't cool want, I didn't... Asimov reference in the title. A little bit, yeah. Oh, that didn't even occur to me. Me either. Mm. I'm a little embarrassed. Mm. Mm. Well, you know, it was hard to think about <laughs> Asimov references when I had to think about the fact that Mud had literally plowed his way through 500 robots <laughs> who all looked exactly the fucking same. <laughs> well, 500 in that series. Yeah. Mm. There were a lot of series. They said there were two, over 200,000 Robots. 250,000, I think. Well, there were, there were a lot there to begin with when he got there. Yeah. All the new ones, like the Amanda model and the Barbara model, or whatever the fuck their names are, the Alice model or whatever, yeah. were specifically in his design, in what he wanted the robots around him to be like. Mm. In what he so, most wanted to put his dick in. <laughs> there are many copies, and they have a plan. <sighs> ding, 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 ding. Yes, ding, yes, ding, yes. Ding, We've been watching ding, lots of Battlestar. We get it. Okay. I did not get the reference. I didn't get it, yeah. That's no. that's the noise that happens in Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, and Whenever something copies, happens. And they have a plan, just they, like Mud's well, robots. Their plan is dumb. And these uh, these androids' plan is dumb as well. So it's relevant. I mean... No. Yeah. <laughs> well, what is their plan? So they're basically saying, we think humans are dicks, so we're going to go pamper them so that they'll stop going out in the galaxy and fucking shit up? Well, they want the, they want the humans and other humanoids, I imagine, just any humanoids, well, as to Norman, rely on them. Norman did say, I did like that, he's like, we represent no threat to humanity. Looks at Spock. Or humanoid life. <laughs> Spock's like, thank you. Aw. So yeah, it just seems like they were like, look, you just stay on your planets and we'll take care of you and we'll keep the universe from spiraling out of control, you stupid meat things. Mm, they possibly should have let them. Maybe. But man likes a, to struggle. It is a very, very long-term plan to create that level of dependence in a whole race of people. Well, they're essentially immortal as long as they don't get confused by logic games. Oh, God. <laughs> like, they got confused in, like, two seconds. Yeah, we'll are. get to the logic games. Yes, yeah, we they got, they got landrewed hard. <laughs> <laughs> so these androids were supposed to have built by beings from the Andromeda galaxy. This is three episodes in a row of extra-galactic nonsense, because, you know, it was... Mm. Because the Doomsday Machine was from another galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the S Muppet rejects. Sil Sylvia and Korob. We're also from another galaxy. Come on, guys. Where's the threats from this galaxy? Everywhere. I know they're out there. There's the Klingons. Uh, we'll see them the, again. The humans, soon. Chris. The humans <laughs> are the threat from this galaxy. Oh, um, see what we did there. The Borg. 
Can you imagine what an original series Borg would look like? Oh, God. <laughs> it would be really They'd just lame. be wearing a silly hat. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe have, like, one of those jingly bell things. From, like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> they might, well, the, um, this is... Resistance is fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> the very first appearance of, uh, sort of related, the Cybermen in Doctor Who... Like, they very quickly, like, were like, this isn't going to work. And even as soon as the second Doctor, they were in, like, basically... What look, looks like they painted, like, diving suits silver and just... They had heads sort of like what you'd see now on Doctor Who. But in their very first appearance, they were in just these weird cloth outfits mm. with a just big pile of machinery on their chests. Oh, that goodness. And uh, the hands were actually exposed. You could see human hands. Mm. Which, I mean, kind of... Went towards the point they were part biological, part organic, but they they just looked dumb. Hmm. And I imagine original series board would have looked something like first appearance Cybermen, yeah. just really low budget <laughs> and weird and now, not very good. Something that I'm wondering what because we watched obviously the remaster, the, remaster. Mm-hmm. the machinery inside the robot's stomach. What did it look like in your version? It looked like they took a picture of the actor's stomach. Well, we're filming the actor's stomach, and they had put a little flap mm-hmm. <laughs> just right on top. That he, yeah, it was very bad. No, 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 no. The whole, the whole stomach was fake. The shot, the skin was fake too. Oh, okay, well, it was like, clearly like a piece of flesh like a, painted a f- rubber yeah. with like a compartment that he like opened up, and there were some beep boops okay, in yeah, there. Yeah. So what were the? Because in in the remaster, they it was a CG... I mean, they showed the same stomach shot, I think, but mm-hmm. when they opened it, the reveal was like this CG computer thing. Oh, yeah, no, ours was typical, like, 60s, like, just just grab as the innards of five different transistor radios and jam them together okay. thing. It's nice, if, if you go on a Memory Alpha for this episode, a lot of times they'll show different remaster shots side-by-side yeah. side with the original shot, and yeah, they had the, the two belly mechanics side by side. I actually liked it, though. I thought it didn't look bad. I mean, the the fact that it was obviously not his real skin was yeah. more distracting than like the machinery inside. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's just, it's just that's just how the 60s did robots, was like, grab any sort of bundle of circuits from a disused radio you can and stick them together and maybe add some blinking lights. Mm-hmm. What was that character's name? Norman. 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 That was Norman. Now... My suspension of disbelief in this episode was destroyed immediately because Norman somehow rigged the Enterprise such that they couldn't change course. And if they tried to change course, it would blow the ship up. I refuse to believe that Scotty couldn't find a workaround. They Especially had four in four days. days. Yeah. yeah, four days. Like, Scotty could, like, rig something up. He, could he couldn't could... do it in less than three weeks, Jake. Come on. <laughs> right. He could cross-wire the impulse drive circuits to the warp drive like he did with the with yeah. the uh, Constellation, and all would be well. Like, I do not buy it. You know so what it is? Oh, sorry. You first. No, you go ahead, because I'm going to go a different, a different way. Well, what they didn't reveal was that right before the episode started, Scotty had just gone on a galactic bender mm-hmm. and was just hungover for those four days. He was still slightly hungover when he was finally introduced in the episode by the, uh, the you know, when he was tossed in there by the, in his words, <laughs> yeah. female Gargantua. Yeah. He didn't even get hit. He was just, his hangover was so bad that his face was just on the yeah. panel the whole Aww. time. Yeah. My suspension of disbelief is that they let Norman standing right in front of the door and nobody had, like, drawn a dick on his face or, <laughs> like, started using him as a hat rack. <laughs> like, 
It's just or moved him out of the way like of the anything, fucking door. Really, he was, like well, anything. He might have been super. Well, I was gonna say he might have been super heavy, but they've they've already shown they already shown they those grab clamps. Yeah, they could have mm. grab clamped him. Mm-hmm. Norman wakes up in space. Ah, damn it! I didn't <laughs> think of that. So just <laughs> threw him out a window. So here's the problem I have with Norman. Norman as a, the the android that's his, supposed to be like the leader of all the other androids. His somehow. name is Norman. I mean, there's that. Um... <laughs> If he's supposed to be the connecting element of all the other androids, and they all like relay through him whenever their minds are fucked, mm-hmm. why send him on the Enterprise? He's the most fucking valuable one. Are all the other ones just on the planet now, like bumping into walls because they don't have him? Why send all of your senior officers on dangerous <laughs> away missions, Ames? Who knows? <laughs> SOP, I guess. Yeah. But it's a good point. I mean, maybe they were... You know what it probably was? They knew to a certain... Like, Norman is probably the most advanced of them, and in theory would have blended in the most easily, even though Doc was immediately like, something's wrong with this fuckface. But he doesn't no wanna, one listen. He doesn't want to come get drunk with me to tell me stories about his sad childhood or his horrible divorce. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> But if we assume he's the most advanced one, he's the one you sort of have to send. Well, but he's also, also the only one of his type. Yep. But they also maybe just figure Harry's not going to confuse the androids he leaves behind that much. Yeah, true. Yeah, but if anything happens to Norman while he's gone, if, say, the Enterprise does blow up because Scotty fucks it over and, and decides, I'm going to try to veer off, whoops, it blew up now, hmm. then you've lost your most important android. Maybe they could always make another one. Yeah, maybe there's backup. Like they, they only need one at a time, but if they needed to make more, they could. Maybe know. there are nor men. Fuck you. <laughs> uh. You know, I feel like the, actually though tangentially related to that was uh, that, that there's that interesting bit in the opening, which it sounded great, but then was immediately undercut because when when Spock and McCoy are talking about how weird, well, McCoy's saying how weird Norman is, and Spock is all labels don't make arguments, Doctor. But then within three minutes, it's like oh. Doc was right. <laughs> Don't you feel silly, Spock, trying to be decent? Well, well, I didn't quite get what Spock was implying when he was like, maybe he's afraid of your beads and rattles. Like, what? Like, what I didn't get what that was either. Yeah, I was expecting a bedside manner joke, or not like, a, your or like, technology you know, is... making fun of his surgical instruments. Oh, maybe he's afraid of your saws and drills or something. Yeah, like, I, mean, I guess... Is white coat syndrome still a thing in the 20th century? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and plus I think that, you know, Spock was obviously trying to... Needle. Rib, yeah. Well, the beads and rattles, like, I don't know, maybe he feels like he's on a witch hunt? Yeah, maybe he's like a shaman? shaman? Like, like he yeah, I think he's just... He's, he's clearly throwing shade at, like, his equipment and his, you uh, know, maybe Vulcan medicine is more advanced or something. Yeah, the shaman thing makes much more sense. I was thinking when you say beads and rattles, I think of, like, a baby's rattle. Mm. What the fuck is well, he talking I see, about? Yeah, I like, a religious, yeah. like, spirit healing. I like that you just did that, like, like Rafiki at the beginning of The Lion King. That's what that felt like well, just that's Rafiki, that's Rafiki I know, has beads this, and rattles. I know, but it just felt very like, I don't know, it was very Rafiki. Sorry you're missing this, readers, it's great. There's a lot of handshaking going on. Not not like, not like hello, nice to meet you handshaking either. You know, another thing about Norman and, well, I mean, I, guess, I don't know if it was Norman who chose the away team, but when he was like, you will bring down, and then he listed off very specific people. So it makes sense to bring down the captain and mm-hmm. Spock and McCoy, because they're the leaders of the ship. But then he's like, and bring down the navigator, the, the navigator, and the communications officer, and your head chef, please. Like, why those specific people? 
doesn't make the most sense, other than the fact that it got those cat those cast members onto <laughs> the planet so that you know they wanted to show off Chekhov's Chek- new and improved his actual own hair. <laughs> yeah, it was finally Chekhov's real hair. Maybe because okay, so maybe because Norman had been on board for a while, he was already aware of who was like susceptible to bullshit. Because Uhura, even though in the end, like it's a trick that she's like, I want to be young forever, but. You remember, like, when they, like, do the the switcheroo, like, they're faking Mm -hmm. them out? Mm -hmm. So, like, maybe they were like, oh, well, Uhura is a beautiful woman, and therefore she is probably vain or something, and maybe this would appeal to her. Pick any of the yeomans for that, then. Well... But she's in a... She's got got more pull, in theory. And Chekhov, I mean... Saw how quickly he was interested in some sweet, sweet robo sex. So, like, Norman mm. is like, Chekhov never gets laid. We will use him <laughs> on the planet. I I mean, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but holy shit, that bit towards the end where Chekhov goes on about how, like, so you were programmed by that degenerate, this, that, 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 this heavy mud. And they're like, yes. And he's immediately like, yes, you are programmed to do some shit. I haven't even thought of. I bet this those, is gonna be amazing. But those do robots do fisting. Ro- those robots piss all over <laughs> each other. I bet. Uh, As I said, that's how they like it, it in Russia. Those right robots here. are full of Harry Mud's cum. Uh, uh, I'd like to think that there's some kind of robot dishwasher that they run them through after Harry's <laughs> done with them. <laughs> like <laughs> Harry Mud's Harry Mud. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even get it, but it's awful. <laughs> would that make them? Would that make the robots themselves hairy mud pits of some oh, kind? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else care to add to this? Never, <laughs> never, ever again. <laughs> oh, <no>. Ah, semen. <laughs> oh, space navy, semen. sort of. Spavy. In the spavy. Um, Holy cow, guys. So they go down to the planet. Uh, <laughs> you can fuck a robot lass in the spavy. We meet, we meet and Harry And fist Mud. your human ass in the spavy. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Go wow. ahead. <laughs> we, meet, uh, we meet Harry... Harry's mud, and uh, this is still happening. And he's wearing Somehow. his his his. Oh, that outfit costume, is amazing! His, like, what are the medals and shit on it? For? He has declared himself awesome. That's what, what those medals yeah, are for. Mud the first. Oh god, I could have done with maybe a little less of his chest hair. But yeah. aside from that, I loved that shirt. I didn't love the pants, but I loved the shirt. Yeah, the shirt was pretty cool. The, 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 the epaulets were... Yeah, no, yeah, they were great. The shirt with epaulets is pretty nice. The pants had that sweet, like, looked like some kind of, like... Oh, yeah, the pattern was... I just, they were no, weirdly no, but there baggy. Was, there, I didn't like them. No, no, but there was, like, some weird, like... It almost looked like see-through lace hatching on the side. Am I wrong? No, oh, I thought it was just some sort of embroidery. Maybe it's a pattern? Oh, I thought it was some sexy see-through lace. But yeah, no, Harry, Harry Don't Mudd. Don't that. He was way more cartoonish, I thought, in this episode than in Oh my god, so much. And it it really got on my nerves. I was thinking that they got rid of, like, one of the things I did like about his first appearance was they got rid of that sort of little dark edge he'd always had there. Hmm. That was always, because that's before his first one had it. There was a little bit of dark edge right under the surface that occasionally leaked through. Well, he was a, a, a... Woman seller. That's yeah. dark. Now he's just you know lives a, on a, pla- a robot a pleasure, fucker. A robot. Well, I mean, planet. being fr- like, I feel like even though it didn't come through in his delivery, there was still like he was ready and it backfired. But he was ready to basically trade the whole of the Enterprise crew for his own freedom. So there is still that aspect of like he's gonna do some crooked shit for his own good. They just didn't let it come through as much in his dialogue. Mm. 
I think. Yeah, but he, yeah, he definitely wasn't as menacing no. in any way. No. No. He was silly. He was a clown. Yeah, this was a, this was a, this was a silly episode, but I, I liked it for what it was. Now, Whoa. Um, everyone, Whoa. I have a I have to lodge a complaint with the with the defenders of canon department. Oh. Do you have a quibble? I have a bit of a little a little quibble. Yes. They're called tribbles. I have a tribble quibble. <laughs> um, now, as we know, in the Star Trek film, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Can, mm-hmm. uh, when we first meet Can on the planet Seti Alpha whatever, five, five uh, six, six, <laughs> this oh, yeah, is Seti Alpha five, um, when we first meet him, Chekhov knows him, and he knows Chekhov. And as we know, Chekhov was not in the cast in the episode, in the Space Seed, mm-hmm. in the first season. Now, this has <laughs> since been retconned that maybe Chekhov was just on the ship, but not a bridge officer. He was the coffee guy. But, if that were the case, how come he's never heard of Harry Mudd? Shouldn't he have recognized Mud from the Enterprise's previous encounter? When mm-hmm. when did I I'm when did the first Mud episode happen as compared <laughs> to Space Seed? Because two things. Either Chekhov could have been on shore leave having some Ponfar action. He could have been visiting the warm Eden-esque homeland of Mother Russia. <laughs> or if Space Seed was after Mud's women, which I believe it is, maybe he got picked up sometime in between. I feel that this is a glaring hole in the continuity of the Star Trek canon. Talk and about my glaring I would hole. Like, I would like wow. to lodge a complaint... <laughs> Mud's women is before Spacey. Well, shit. <laughs> I'm leaving all this in, though. Still, uh, well, I would, st- I would still argue that they're, you know, this retconning is. So now we're saying we're going as far out to say that Chekhov joined the crew between Mud's women and Space Seed, and like the week between. <laughs> and yet, there's a pretty good gap. Yeah, yet, yeah. Uh, I, I still don't buy it. I don't buy the retcon. I believe it is a plot hole in the Wrath of Can that this, that Chekhov should not have known who Can was. That's fair. I feel like you'd be more... Uh, I mean, oh no. let's point something out, though, just speaking of people joining a crew that's related to this. Did the robots, like, hack the fuck out of every Starfleet computer uh, to get Norman transferred onto the Enterprise? Huh. No, he was in deep cover. Like, no, he, he went just to the, showed up. He went to the Academy. And was like, uh, <laughs> yes, he went to the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> it's my first day, guys. I mean, no, I never want a physical. Yes, apparently people can just join the crew at any old time is what I'm getting at. It just seems. With, like, with, hi, you're here. Without a medical physical? Yeah, you really think that would well, be, like, I could, required. I could imagine that it's possible that he... Hacked the Enterprise computer, yeah, to make, mm. to add himself to the crew roster, make right? a fake transmission, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Where'd they pick him up though? Like he had to be chilling out at a starbase or something. Yeah, that's true. Like, well, that's... I mean, what? Well, Harry said that he sent them out. He sent Norman out to go find a ship, and it just happened to be the. Enterprise. I'm pretty sure, and this one maybe was unclear to me, but it sounds like Mud really wanted the Enterprise specifically. 
Because he even said, like, like, like a coincidence. I don't know. He Maybe. says he says to the androids, like, oh, you wanted more humans? You have I brought you the best humans. Mm. Kirk. Kirk is a great example of a Well, because he just he was thinking like starship captains would be a good example. But yeah, well, he does happen. There aren't that many of it them. It does seem weird that he I mean, happens to get the Enterprise. He's got though. it out against Kirk anyway, because Kirk sent him like to I, prison I, or wherever. I feel like the conversation may have been, look, Norman, Laddie Buck. Get any ship you can, but if you happen to come across the Enterprise... Well, and it makes sense, too, from a revenge standpoint, because the whole point is that Mud is gonna, like, make them stay so he can, he can leave. leave. yeah. So maybe the that's... The of Mud. That's the dark side <laughs> of Mud, is mm. that he's... That's not that dark. I don't know. Oh, you live on this only... planet being being uh, weighted on hand and foot by sexy robots. And around. everyone sounds kind of like they might be down with it. Except Kirk. But if yeah. a man doesn't have to struggle... Challenges. That is speed. illogical. You are not making logic. Mm. Mm. Yeah, good points. Good points. Some points. I like. I did like this one though. Oh yeah, I mean I it was ridiculous, it. but I just it was. I mean, it was a straight up comedy. So, yeah, I mean thing. there were some. The, the you know the segment where they start trying to fuck up the androids and just yeah. start doing progressively more ridiculous stuff, like the weird panto that they do. Mm. When did when did they have time to rehearse that? Because they all knew exactly oh, yeah. what to do. Like, were they just having fucking dress rehearsals the entire time they were, like, downstairs? We don't don't know exactly how long it was, so... They're really good improvisers, guys. I'm imagining Kirk is like, All right, people! Let's get it right this time! That's actually... There's there's a whole... You have to spend a whole year... One of your courses at the Academy, like, junior year, is just (laughs) shenanigans to confuse captors. Hmm. You know? Mm, Yeah, and... I, I loved Spock's thing, though. I love you... But I hate you. Do you think Spock <laughs> came up with that? That doesn't seem like something that will register so, with Spock. I don't the, know, is, the delivery was fabulous. Oh, it was very nice. What's interesting is it looked like at first he was trying to neck pinch the android. Oh, he was. So it was just like I feel like he'd been given maybe given these lines like maybe I don't have to say it. Tries the neck pinch. <laughs> Fuck. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> Which actually reminds me earlier again speaking of you know Spock and his. Weird powers. He did try to mind meld with Norman at the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. That's how he figured out he'd shut himself off. It's like, how can you? I still don't buy mind melding with a machine. I mean, it worked with the uh, Nomad. I know, yeah. it's dumb. <laughs> but it's all the brain, it's just electrical impulses. That's what I said, but I still think it's dumb. Well, it is dumb, but this, this episode was dumb. I love this episode. I did too, but it's I did love that. Wonderful. That's yeah. what I mean. I, I'm not saying it's a bad like thing. Like you said, friggin' uh, Uhura and Chekhov both nearly bumping into Norman because they've kind of gotten used to him that being there. That was the best when they walk oh, in yeah. and they like all have to like, oh Jesus, it's fucking still here. Go around, goddammit. <laughs> Somebody definitely would have pantsed him. Yeah, <laughs> I would have drawn so many dicks on him. Like, <laughs> I... tie like his shoelaces together so that when he woke <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> like, gotcha. I, I like what you said. Like people just throwing their coats on him. You know what it was? They had been doing all that shit. It's like, oh, he's gonna wake up today. Get, get him cleaned up. Get him cleaned up. They've been like throwing. Like he's covered in spitballs and like paper airplanes <laughs> and just. Someone they started like putting. Uh, they started putting magnets on him to hang up like drawings. Chekhov has done. <laughs> Aww. There was actually a macrame holder from him. Some sort of like succulent. Some sort of space succulent was hanging from one yeah. of his mm-hmm. arms. So. Why are my underwear on backwards? I don't know, Norman. Do you wear underwear, Norman? That's I mean, weird. To blend in, he was probably in a full uniform. He didn't understand the logic of them, because on the planet, he just wears a bulge-enhancing leotard. Yeah. I liked the uh, the line about, like, you know, you have this concept that we don't understand. 
please. That was a good one. <laughs> I was like, ooh, yikes. Please help. <laughs> That's a good movie. But I liked it. And I liked when they broke them all. Cause it... Oh, God, you know, it was for Norman when he uh, karate chops that first guy. Oh and it's like the world's most pathetic. Like, he barely puts any force behind mm-hmm. it. He barely hits the actor. And he sure, just crumples. Pretty yep. sure that crewman's actually dead. Yeah. Like, he, I was saying, I could have karate chopped one of our cats with that force and it wouldn't have hurt the cat. Like, <laughs> and you did. I did, in fact. Well, I was, like, I was they... like, see? Boop. See, he's fine. You know, you know, Norman has superior strength. So yeah. maybe it was just like... It was slow, but maybe it was really forceful. You just couldn't tell. Well, they show one of the Alice's crush, what was it, a communicator in in the palm of her hand. You think that was a kink that Mud really had to work out? Like, not so tight, not so tight, Jesus (laughs) 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 Christ! He's actually... How is your grip strength? (laughs) That's Chekhov. Yes. Um, It was clear to me. Yeah, no, I got it. I, uh, you know what I love though, getting back to, to Harry too, is that he's a death grip man. <laughs> no, it's Dr. Krieger. <laughs> no, not slacking off. <laughs> so you anyway. ever like step on a ketchup packet and it just bursts out the side? <laughs> That's Harry Mudd's left nut. How are your names? Oh, God. That image is too graphic. <laughs> so, one thing I, I really enjoyed about Harry Mudd's first appearance was that... In this episode or in... In, in, in Mudd's Women. Mm-hmm. One thing I love that carried over into this, though, is that when they arrest him, you know, it's this grand space opera show with all this crazy shit. But at the end of the day, Harry Mudd is just a criminal. Mm-hmm. And they get him on, essentially, FAA violations in his first appearance. Mm-hmm. And in this one, he's talking about how he went to prison... And then he ran afoul of Deneb 5 because he'd, like, infringed on patents. Yep. And it's just so wonderfully normal. The part that's not normal is that on Deneb 5, patent infringement is punishable by death, which tells me that Deneb 5 was founded by the RIAA. Mm. Because they they take that shit super seriously. (laughs) Death. Yeah, the face he made. I love that. Oh, man. The laddie bucks. So many laddie bucks. Yes. (laughs) He's got a way with words, that Harry Mud. Mm. Not, not, not as much as Scotty though. Borgus frat. What the fuck what? does that mean? Did you find out what that means? No, I forgot to look it up. At some point, Scotty refers to I think Mud or one of the robots. No, it's Mud as a Borgus frat. I Mudge went back and Borgus listened frat. to it to make sure that's what he said. Like, what the fuck does it mean? No idea. What was interesting to me was that um, this was sort of like to me. Felt like a precursor to the um, next gen episodes where they're talking about like the holodeck. Because you know, like the holodeck thing is like everyone always says, if I had a holodeck, I would just live out all of my really perverse sexual fantasies. And then what do you do after that? I guess you play Sherlock Holmes. This kind of feels like, <laughs> this sort of feels like Mud had reached peak sexual perversion on Robo World and then was just ready to GTFO. He wasn't like clever enough to think of the Sherlock Holmes <clears throat> film he, noir he, stuff. He at least thought of, I'll be able to finally get the last word in on my ex-wife. Yes! Oh my god, Stella! Why did he make Just the to robot. tell her to shut up! So he could yell at Just it. so he could tell her to shut up. So he could be, she could be like, Harold! What is his name? Harcourt? Harcourt. Oh, damn it. Harcourt? Yeah. I love (laughs) the way she said it. And he just went, shut up, Stella, that she would. That's all. He's just being a vindictive twat. Well, it bit him in the ass in the end. It did. Mm -hmm. You know what I loved actually during that scene is uh, how delighted McCoy is 
Like, if you, if you watch it, like, when he tells her to shut up, she shuts up. McCoy looks really pleased. I was like, that is the reaction oh, I that. of a divorced, a divorced man. man. <laughs> McCoy is like, I could tell them my wife looked like. <laughs> I've got a picture in my wallet. Sometimes I hang it up and throw darts at it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, McCoy. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I also thought it was interesting how each of the crewmen kind of starts to almost get seduced by the yeah. robot. Like obviously you have Chekhov who wants to bang them. Scotty really likes, likes their lab. Well Doc likes their lab. What does mm. Scotty like? They had Oh they had like great pre- production precision facilities. yeah precision machining. Well <laughs> plus they're able to produce just about anything so he's probably got a lifetime supply of scotch there as well. My thinking is why don't they just let them take the Enterprise and then have the robots that stay behind build them a better ship. Yeah. Why don't the robots just build themselves a ship? Yeah, that's actually... Maybe good. they don't have the raw materials. Yeah, maybe it's not But enough. they have replicators, so probably... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good It seems good like question. their powers are limited. Make a ship out of all the other robots. Yeah! Just, oh my god. Just, just build a giant world engine and use the world as a ship. A Death Star. Uhura wanted to... Put her brain put into her a, brain a into robo, robo body. Yeah, a little weird. What was was Kirk tempted at all? Nope. Not really. Nope. Kirk just he has the Enterprise. He didn't even want to fuck anybody. You know why? Because he was the only one that was like, Harry Mudd's fucked all of these uh-huh. women. Yeah. No. And, I don't want Harry Mudd's sloppy seconds. No, that's the thing. Is we're still. It's very much like Kirk only cares about being a starship captain. That's his thing. That's the thing they can't give him. Mm. The Enterprise is a beautiful lady, and he loves her. You know what the real problem was? No blonde androids. There were a few. Really? At the very end, when they were showing other models, oh, wow. uh, actually one of one of the background robots at the end, because there were suddenly more models, was actually wearing the green dress that whichever of Mud's women had the green dress mm-hmm. on yeah. with the weird. Going back to Uhura quickly, so when when she she outs the crew on their their escape attempt, mm-hmm. and Norman or whoever or one of the Alice's or whoever was was there at the time says, "Oh yes, we'll make you a model." Presently, and bring you the model to put your brain in. Did they do it? Did they get around to that, do you think? There's a new horror just running around on that planet now. There could be. Without a brain, though. It's just a... They could have swapped her brain already. It's true. Wow. Well, no, because horror definitely ages. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> but no, but they probably realize, like, oh, they left. Oh. I don't know. She's doing that fan dance in Star Trek V. Well, Harry Mudd probably just hate fucks her. Oh. Because he's so mad that they fucked him over. I'm just saying, someone that would create a robot in his wife's image just so he could be bad to it, like, that's the dark side. You want to talk about his dark side? That's some spiteful fucked up shit. Hmm. Now, at the end when, you know, their their punishment for Mud is to maroon him on the planet mm-hmm. with 500, 500 copies of his bitch wife. <laughs> so, now, does that mean, do you think he fucks... The 500 bitch wives? Or... I think, that, I think that's up to the bitch wives at that point. Maybe. Yeah, yeah who's going to say, do you think they, they would allow it? They're, they're no longer they've got interested death in grips. serving. It's oh, gonna be my. His, it's going to be his right testicle as well. Uh, wow. Catch yeah. packets. That's a good point. Boy, boy oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh. Let's talk about paradoxes. <laughs> the, and stop talking about Harry Mudd's nuts. Uh, <laughs> no, I think paradoxes are nuts. Uh, Thank you. Uh, 
Oh, God, yeah. Now, once I realized it was just a whole planet of talking robots to death, or at least to yeah, shut down. So I many, was so happy! So many ways to, like, to like break the logic in their brain. And they mostly just did silly circus acts. But, I don't know, I think the, I think the, the paradox, the, the liar paradox, you know, everything I say is, is a lie, which can't possibly be a statement. Is a fun one, and there's a lot of them. Like and they that. reuse that one later too. Do they? They do. Yeah, at some point. Oh. I never lie. He's lying right now. I forget what it is, but they do use that again to fuck up a robot. Slight mm-hmm. variant on it. But. I was yeah. really hoping for the, uh, you know, the scene from Austin Powers when he just like oversexes the fembots and explodes all their heads. <laughs> I was Whoa. really hoping that's how Kirk was gonna. Mm, he's gonna. Yeah, turn on that Kirk charm. Yeah, he was in the shirtle that day. Yeah, and he didn't true. want to. They wrote that scene. He's like, I'm not. Taking the shirt off. I mean, they basically did that, though, with Chekhov's Russian dance. The dance. That was Why? very erotic. Mm. Oh, dear. You're into some weird shit, Chris. <laughs> I did like, though, that it was, like you said, very, like, sort of Russian-influenced. Yeah. It was appropriate. I was mean, it? I mean, probably leaving. racist, but... Oh, yeah. And what instrument were Scotty and, yeah. and uh, McCoy playing? One of them seemed to have a flute, the other some sort of vague string instrument, I guess. So the, the string Neither was of them had ever long. seen no, a, an actual person playing an instrument before. It's a shame they didn't have Scotty pretending to play bagpipes. Because mm. you know, he actually does play bagpipes. So. True. Scotty or James Scotty. doing? <laughs> Scotty, I don't know about James doing. He might. He probably took them up. To get more into character. Yes, he is, you know, method actor, obviously. But yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed the paradoxes. Mm. The the surreal landscape shit was a little like, huh, ah, that's weird. The death of Scotty. Yes. Mm. Yeah, that that's great. illogical. You haven't killed him. You don't even have a weapon. Yeah. We're not gonna check to see if he's alive or not or anything to to see what what went on. Yeah, but... If you if you if you like showed the fucking robots a dumb show, they'd have no fucking idea what was going. On. They can't watch television. Robots can't watch television because if they see like any show where you know one of the characters is supposed to die, and then they see the actor later in something else, to be like, what? This is mm. illogical. Yeah, they are not very sophisticated robots. No, like it's an interest. It's interesting that that. Mud didn't break them just by being there and talking. <laughs> yeah, really. Because like, he's, 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 he's illogical himself. He's a professional scoundrel. He would accidentally talk them to death. <laughs> they can't deal with the pantomime bomb game. Oh, <laughs> that was funny. Uh, Are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> God, imagine if they'd met the Klingons. Mm. Yeah, Harry Mud was just stupid. He was just willing to be fed and fed and bedded and worshipped mm. he wasn't going outside of that they had him right in the palms of their hands mm. oh you know what occurs to me the, the eye mud thing not just obviously the obvious in retrospect Asimov reference but it's also kind of like mud the first but backwards yeah that's what I mm. thought too that was my thought I only thought of that right now I think there might also be a poem or something but I don't know what off the top of my head I mean, I robot is well. Yes, I robot a is a book. thing, but I th- I, a poem, I mud is also a reference to something else. I robot is also a movie starring Will Smith mm-hmm. and Alan Tudyk as the robot. Really, I didn't know. Isn't that. Isn't it Alan Tudyk? I it could know. be. I've never seen it. I mean, I've rather haven't seen it. How since many I saw robots does Alan Tudyk play? Fucking many. all of them. Um, I'm looking it up. But uh, that was a terrible movie. Yeah, it was bad. I I saw it in theaters when it first came out, and there was the ridiculous product placement and all this other bullshit. 
his vintage Converse, which were new that year that the movie actually came out. The sick, they were black leather ones, weren't they? Those were hot. That's like the only thing I remember about that movie. And yes, Alan Tudyk was sunny. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Alan Tudyk gets around. We should get around to getting around to me. Uh, Can I call you Alan, Alan Tudyk? uh, did we no, have you, have, you have to call him Kate. Salient thoughts on iMud? I wish I could talk this one to death. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I, 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 for all that, I mean, you know, I was like, yeah, no, he's not the same character. He's more cartoony, but god, I was in stitches for far too much of it. Mm. There, there was talk of doing a a mud spinoff show. Yes, that yes. Roddenberry never got around to doing because he was too That's busy, too which is bad. I, I don't know. Love that. I mean, you would have hated it. I would have loved it. The thing is, he would had to have become. More of a just straight up good guy. I can't see them letting them do a sort of. I think he'd just be a, like the a bumbling kind of character where yeah. every every chance he tries to like he'd commit act... some kind of crime, he bungles it up somehow when he's just the, the syllable the, the yeah, silly I fool. Just, I just want to like... see him get nailed on tax evasion week after week. <laughs> he'd like accidentally do good stuff like that. I'm, I'm imagining it would be like. Like a cop show, but as part of his community service, mm. he has to like help out the cops. Mm. So it's like white collar. It's like Miami Vice. Mm. I was gonna say a Frank Abagnale situation. Yeah, it could be something like that. Yeah. He's helping them find the the holes and the logic to the criminal mind. There, yes. There'd be some I would sort of watch the fuck out. There of would show. have inevitably, I feel like, been some annoying child moppet that would be his sort of <laughs> his um his sort of like not literal child, but like his um. Can't we just give him a fuck? Oh robot no! Here's to go okay. Here's instead? here's the plot. All right. Harry Mudd gets word that, his, that his wife has died. Stella, no. Stella, pa- Stella! Stella died, but he okay, has sorry. a kid with her that he never knew about, and he has to raise the kid. And it's the title of the show is Mud the Second. Suspension of disbelief right away. I don't think Mud ever had sex with Stella, not once. No, you know what it is. He had a kid he didn't know about, but that kid's an adult now, and he's in like the space police. Mm. That so I would believe, but definitely wills. not with Stella. Yes. Uh. So metamorphosis. So metamorphosis. 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 Speaking of weird sex things, mm. kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. That that electrical entity really wanted to bang Cochrane. Nice Can I... Kafka reference in the time. Actually, I don't know if it's actually intended to be. It may. It may. It doesn't, it, from, it doesn't really make sense. I think it's. Like, I think it's just a word. Well, it's also, I mean, wasn't there actually, like... Nailed this? I think the first... Well, wasn't there also an earlier, like, Greek work called Metamorphosis, which was, like, a series of stories about weird change? Like, uh, uh, yeah, there definitely is. I don't know what it's about. I have never read it. Mm-hmm. I'll be I right like back. I'll grabbing a drink. So, Metamorphosis. My, so, Metamorphosis. My first thought, right? It's the goddamn Shuttle Galileo again. Retire that shuttle. It is officially cursed. <laughs> yeah, Galileo. So, so apparently this wasn't the shuttle that Decker flew into the Doomsday Machine? <laughs> no, no. Okay. Although that one did say Galileo on it. Did, did it? it? I think it did. Are they all Galileo? Probably because that's the model that they had. Oh. I don't so they know. They probably just replaced. So it's before they uh, it's before they individually named shuttlecrafts, yeah, you're thinking. You know, when the Galileo broke, they just made a new one. See, it's, in the it's original... Just as, it's just as possible that the production order was different, and therefore it would have still been there. Well, I also mm-hmm. think in the original version, you never get a good enough look at the shuttle to see the name on it mm-hmm. so in the original run it wasn't an issue I could be wrong I thought it said Galileo oh that's, it very well could have been yeah. the remastered but yeah and then again another situation where you have the three most important people on the ship out on a little errand out running a fucking taxi 
Yeah, yeah. Why to go get fucking didn't they Nancy. send the Enterprise? She'd have been in the medical facility Maybe faster. Beamed her yeah, up. That's a good point. Like, well, they were, they also, were four hours away via shuttlecraft when they got grabbed by Companion. Yeah, yeah like what? Well, they never established why the Enterprise couldn't just go directly. And there's no way that that shuttlecraft goes anywhere near as fast as the as the Enterprise. Well, I don't even think it has warp. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's kind of cells. Stupid. Why would? Yeah, it, for all we know, the Enterprise was busy doing something else, and they needed no, to I know, be but it, doing something. It would have been nice if there was just a line, like, yeah, oh, we had to send the shuttle because they were delivering. Lithium. Two batteries. Space brakes broke. Something. Just <laughs> anything. Send the three mo- I mean, it makes sense for the doc to be there because yeah, he has, she's got something super diseased. bad. Spock didn't need to be there. Spock Kirk did not definitely need to be, yeah, didn't need to be there. Send a fucking yeoman and. Yeah. Send Sulu yeah. to fly the thing if you want, like, your best pilot. Oh, poor Sulu. Don't send Sulu. Send. I don't know. A bunch of red shirts. <laughs> just in case. Ten red shirts. <laughs> They just figured, like, if her if she takes a turn and her disease gets really bad, they could burn through the red shirts and buy her more time somehow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like pushing daisies, how he had to kill all the flowers so that he could revive the fruit. Yep. Mm. That's a good show. That no. was a good show. No. Canceled too early. Here's the thing. Well, the second season wasn't great. I liked it. Yeah, it was all right. Um... Why was Nancy was her name? Yeah, Nancy. Apparently, I'd missed her first name. Nancy so, Hedford. Why was she so horrible to them? Why was she, why um, was she so... She's a woman. She's Hello. never been. She's never been loved. She has no idea how she to love. She was such a jerk. She was. She was a wicked off. bitch. And I think. I think to me, honestly, to me, it's a little fair because like Starfleet's like, all right, you're good to go. Oh, we didn't inoculate you for this horrible, horrible Sa- disease. Sakuro's disease. And even the like, chances are billions to one. That's still not a reason to not inoculate her for she's it. She's the Federation commissioner. She's off handling like. Something Peace super talks. important. Yeah. Plus, she up. also is like, it seems to me she's like the equivalent to the Secretary of State. Yeah, she seems really she's important. She's a high yeah, ranking that's true. She should have all the federation. Jobs. Where's official. her staff? They all died already. <laughs> she <laughs> they she all got fucking sick killed too. them all. Like, I could get that maybe she'd leave some people behind to, like, kind of work in her absence, but you think there'd be a secretary with her or something. Yeah. That's a good point. But yeah, now, now this, now her being a bitch for the whole first half of the episode, is really just a prelude to the incredible, blatant sexism of mm. the rest of that's the really, episode. Yes, that's really what wow. it is. It's all yeah. very sexist. My God, when... It's horrible. Because you, like, you can't be a successful woman without being, you know, a nag gorgeous. and awful. Well, let's and just, gorgeous. Let's just go like... And missing love, because you've obviously not... You can't do both. Yeah. Right, so she's never had love, and I like how the, the entity, the companion, has a woman's voice, and they're like, oh, well... Of course it's a woman. It's so needy. <laughs> so it's like... Uh, well, the, the second we meet... Male and female are universal constants. Yeah, it was the Clear, 60s, Jake. Cle- well, clearly, that, but like, clearly no one uh, no one re- watched that episode before inventing the... Um, oh, God, the Tholians. Because mm. they have three genders. Yeah, well, male, female, and third are universal constants. <laughs> Isn't there then? I haven't got number three in a long time. <laughs> Isn't there oh a race, an, an hermaphroditic race that shows up in TNG as well? Yeah, there is. And Riker decides he wants to bone one of them, and it really causes some shit. Causes some bad yeah. stuff. Yeah. Did, 
That was a Ren and Stimpy reference, by the way. I wasn't just being like transphobic or something. I get it. I figured it was a reference, but I couldn't remember. Yeah, it's what a Ren and Stimpy too. reference. I just want to put it out there that I'm not just being like a douchebag. Yeah, I. Just... Ren and Stimpy, do you watch, Caitlin? Not much lately, but hmm. uh, as a in my youth. Um, but yeah, no, good, good old. I mean, I'd say I was gonna say good old fashioned sixty sexism, but let's be honest, this trope of like the career woman can't also know love still exists very strongly today, especially in fucking Hallmark Christmas movies. Mm. But she's also like weak and weepy, and I mean, I know she's. Well, she's like, I was about to say, I, was, I feel like some of the more extreme reactions, especially towards the end, were probably able to be written off to the disease. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we have we have we have she can't be too weak and weepy if she made it and, the Secretary of State, right? We have Cochran as well, who the second he shows up, he's just nothing but sexist. Yeah, he looks at yeah. he looks at Nancy and says, "Oh, a beautiful woman." You're like you're like meat like a meal to a hungry man. In mm. fact, oh yeah, no, all of you are, but mostly her. Well, he's, women. He's from two hundred years ago. You know, he's a bygone era. <laughs> different times. It's different yeah. times. Yeah. He wants some tang. And yet when. <laughs> No, I mean, ah! he's, a, he's an astronaut. He's an actual a... Tang, yeah. I knew okay. you were going to do that. orange drink that we all it. know so well. <laughs> I knew it. Actually, he would have been around now-ish, right? It's the 23rd century. He was supposed to have died 150 years ago. He's a very old man. So he was probably alive in, like, the 21st. Well, we know he's, we know he's like, in his 50s or so in the 20, the 2050s when... Is that because of First I think First Contact doesn't quite mesh up with this because... He's a young man in Metamorphosis, but, yeah, but he's a, well, that's because de-aged. he's been yeah he's been de-aged. Well, how much he time there, he's old. passed so, between creating the warp drive and him trying to get get himself killed in space? So if we assume if we assume it's twenty two sixty seven, he was vanished one hundred fifty years ago. He was eighty seven at the time. He was born in tw- he'll will will have been born in twenty thirty. Oh, mm. happy birthday, buddy! So, so that means that means the timeline in first contact. Well, yes, uh, first contact and the timelines. Oh boy. Okay, I think Jake just. Well, see, Cochran looked Yikes. so rough in first contact, even though it wasn't that old, was because World War Three had just yeah, happened. Yeah, everyone looked. He rough. was in his twenties. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Alfred Woodard was ten. Was World War Three the the war with the augments? Uh, no, that good. gets that's very another war? that gets muddy as they have to quietly sort of be like, oh shit, it is the nineties now. Uh, yeah. I think it's the incoming that's war with Russia you have to war. worry about, Ames. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's implied. I, they don't. There's not a lot known about World War Three. I don't think they they've left it as vague as yeah. possible because hmm. they know it's going to come and they don't want to put the money on the wrong horse. That's why. It sounds yeah. like I, I, from context, it sounds like it's a war between like Asia and. The West, because yeah. they talk about the Eastern Coalition and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Anywho, the um, actually, you know what it is? You know what it is? Is the old East Coast West Coast? That's right. Uh, rivalry finally gets yeah, so really... big, the whole world gets sucked into it. Yep, I get it. Biggie, 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 and Tupac. That is, we're resurrected as the leaders of two warring factions. This is literally everything I know about hip hop. I am such a cracker. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I could use some crackers. Ooh. Nice. Um, Snack time? Too crunchy. It's getting there. Radio. Yeah, it, it's... I don't know, like, there's a lot of, you know, awkward sexism aside, which you often have to say with these old episodes, I thought it was really an interesting one. Yeah. You know, very well written in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I have 
nothing cleverer to say than that at the moment. But but I, yeah, I thought it was actually really... It was funny to go from something that was such a, a zany comedy to something that was some fairly serious science fiction in a lot of ways. Yeah, and you know, I, I really was having some trouble with some of the sexism. Goodness, um, yeah. When we learn that Companion is is a female and, Z- and uh, Zephram Cochran like, loses his fucking shit over it. Yeah, it's unnatural. Um, you mean I've been having weird gaseous sex with a woman to be, time? To be, in his defense though it's sort of different if you're like interacting with a buddy versus if like someone who has romantic interest in you is like kind of emotionally having their way with you she said trying to be delicate mm. like it's a little like to me it's a little like there's no consent happening and well, it's a little about, weird let's like, talk about no consent for a minute oh goodness so Nancy I guess dies. No, she's on death's no, doorstep. She's, she's about to die. Yeah, that's yeah, we were talking about that on the way over. So the companion possesses her body. She apparently couldn't do anything to help her before. Yeah, because they do ask her like, "Can you save her?" No, fuck her. She's just jealous. Yeah, <laughs> Pro- fucking probably. She with saw, this she episode. saw how Cochran reacted to her, and she's like, "Fuck that bitch." Cochran's. I'm Cochran. gonna let her mostly die and then possess her, and then I'm gonna fuck Cochran. Well, and that I find that really horrifying, though, because, you know, she's like, oh, we are here. And I just imagine that, what's her name, Helen? Nancy. Nancy, same thing. <laughs> is that, how, is she like the third or fourth Nancy we've had since this show started? Is that the only woman's name? The they only name. McCoy's Nancy, I can't think of another I one. I feel like there was another Nancy Well, anyway, but, but Nancy, at any rate, I just imagine that Nancy is still in there, and she's just screaming because mm-hmm. she can't express herself. Like, it made me think of, um, have you guys ever read... Pandemonium? No. There's this... Well, I don't want to spoil it, but it's... It made me think a lot of that, where there's, like, a possession happening in someone's body, and the person who is inside trying, like, desperately to mm. get out. So it's also being John Malkovich. <laughs> I've actually not seen... <gasps> it's only That's a I would actually like to see it, because I like, watch it I like John Malkovich. I mean, even, um, even if we assume there is some sort of genuine shared consciousness, mm-hmm. like that they're both sort of both at the wheel somehow... Both looking for love. See, I don't think so. Like, no, well, I don't either. But even if we not. even if we assume that, it's not a great like you know, you're you're about to die. You know you are about to die, and there is no hope. And this thing comes to you and says, "Look, let's do this." You're not in the best place to say, "Yeah, okay," to that mm. deal. You're do just you, gonna say, "Okay." Yeah, but do you actually think that the that the companion? Well, we don't asked. know. We don't know how it worked. But even if we assume it did, uh, I don't assume that. But like, and then the fact that nobody else, nobody really seems to have much of a problem. With no, they're this all really arrangement. Good with it. They're just like, oh well, well, they're in love. It's beautiful. Yeah, so they're gonna go and off. Now, the, now the, Nancy's still kind of alive in some way. And then sure. at the very end, when they're like, when they're like, oh well, who's gonna finish those negotiations? And then Kirk's like, oh, they'll just find some other woman. I also <laughs> felt that that was the spirit of the statement. Like any broad'll do. <laughs> Chris oh, thought that it was. Why don't you say? My, my thought had been like, I, I appreciate it. At least they s- still said the job. It was a job that a woman could do. Like, I had read it as, you know, as being sort of Hopefully. an attempt at being complimentary. Hopefully they know. find another woman who can handle this mess. Well, you know why? Because it was a soft skill. It was like negotiation and mm-hmm. trying to like make So peace. it's still so sexist, that's really. What, that's what women are good at, you know. We're really good at smoothing. Yeah, nagging. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just have one question, yeah. which is, if it's a shared consciousness, what happens if, like, the companion is into butt stuff, but Nancy is not into butt stuff? I'm just asking. I'm asking I'm for a friend, i.e. Think... Cochran. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking for Nancy. Um, That's a good point. 
<laughs> Hashtag bad feminist. Yeah. Cochran, I don't know. He seems kind of straight-laced, though. I don't know that he would really be a freak like that. He might. I mean, you never know. I guess Butt Stuff I mean, was thing. pretty freaky in the 60s. Well, here's saying. the thing. It's been 150 years since he's known the touch of another human non-sexually. He's going to need, like, ages to remember how this works at all. <laughs> he's like... She, like, kisses him, and he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm amazed he didn't blow his load from holding her hand. What do you mean mm. he didn't? Yeah. <laughs> How do you know? It was a very light jumpsuit. It would have bled through. I mean, Ooh. yikes. Okay, there's just lots of cum in this episode. Yeah, I'm going to have a lot of cum in both yeah, these this is this is a... Unexpectedly, uh, can we just call this episode twenty the come heavy one? Like, <laughs> oh, good lord! Um, oh god! So yeah, the episode that come builds. <laughs> come on down. Oh. It's spelled C O M E. No. What? Nothing to anything. No, because they both they get invited rather forcefully down to planets in both episodes. Yeah, come on down. Nailed it. Yeah, it's an imperative. It's not a jizz joke. Mm. Jizz, which as we all know is space jazz. Wrong <laughs> franchise. Yeah, whatever. What's jizz? Uh, it's that music that they play in the cantina. Oh, that's the, jizz? It's actually jizz. called jizz. It's called jizz. Jake, Jake, not only is the music called jizz, the band is called Finger and Dan and the something or I'm not kidding. Finger and Dan and the jizz it's holes. Funny. <laughs> it is spelled funny, but it is pronounced fingering. Mm. Uh, anyway, back on the course. Very important. I, I loved that Steady Cochran, as she goes. Cochran's like, oh yeah, I've got all the comforts of home here, including apparently comforts. weird abstract art. Mm. He had a bunch of art. He's like, is he supposed to have made that because he was bored? He probably made it. It's probably got into some mixed media art. Listen, guys, immortality consists largely of boredom. That's true. Is the line that he he gives it. Especially if you're alone, I could see it being, you know, just you and a gas cloud. Yeah, for 150 years, gas cloud just comes around when you, like, reach out to it with your brain. Mm. Comes around when she wants a little something-something. Comes around. No, little. (laughs) That's enough. Uh, God. Are there others of this alien species, or is Companion the only one on this planet? Seems like... Because she's tied to the planet. She yeah. can't leave, mm. or she'll cease to exist or something. That's interesting, because that feels kind of like the old Greek idea of like there being spirits that are like tied to certain trees. And it's metamorphosis. It really is a whole Greek classic thing. I wonder... Like, now I really wish I had read Metamorphosis so I, I could be... Saying like, oh yes, this is because God damn, I have to look it up. Yeah, now I have to look it up. But yeah, I it just feels like almost like she's kind of some sort of planet spirit demigod thing mm. of some kind. Maybe all planets have a one or her. Yeah, and yeah. and they all invade the body of somebody at one point and then die off because they accidentally made themselves more. Or if they're on a planet that just has a natural population, they don't feel that need to super befriend somebody. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. She's she's the spirit of a really shitty, boring, empty planet. So Or I mean, you know, maybe 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 she's the remnants of the consciousness of a planet that was destroyed. Because it is an asteroid field. Maybe it used to be a planet. That's interesting. I like that. Some I just came up with that. That's some weird headcanon bullshit. I like it. it. I'm into it. I really like it, actually. She's made out of electricity, evidently. We can short her out. Spock decides to short them out. Is that a thing? To to like be able to short out anything that's that has an electrical component? Because aren't 
most things have an electrical component. I mean, our brains are mostly electrical. Yeah, so like, and we don't do well with electricity, though, do we, either? So We have a special machine. He had a special machine. Why did that not, not like, short out a lot of things, though? Yeah. Mm. Like, like, what about, can you short out static electricity? Can you short out eels? You can oh, sh- definitely short out eels. Yeah, yeah, totally. Hmm. That's because they're biological and they're in water. You probably just... They're already electric. Yeah, I don't know. The Spock's little machine, I feel like that whole plan of, like, we're going to electrocute the monster was all just filler to extend the length of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, wait a minute, what if we tried talking to it? Why wasn't that plan A? We we find that the fucking shuttle has a universal translator. Yeah. Have we had that all along? They had to dink around with it, though, to make they it did. work. Because they had to, like, make, make it, it work for gas monster. Have we used it on anything Tele- else? Telekinesis. Telepa- I mean, I guess telepathy. It's implicit that it's always kind of... I don't know. What I found interesting, though, about that discussion was they... Because dis- you always assume the Universal Translator is just a straight up... Is it always on? Yeah, always on, and sort of it, it's working off of, te- uh, of spoken word. But apparently it also taps into brainwaves. Which is interesting. Yeah, that was interesting. And it knows what gender you are, which is odd. It knows how you identify yourself, presumably. Yeah, like, in a way, that explanation of the Universal Translator, though very bizarre, makes a little more sense. Like, it's like how you were saying, well, I think last week or two weeks ago, how you always kind of assumed that the image on the view screen, Jake, Mm. was, was actually created from sensor data. The idea that the Universal Translator is actually working off of brainwave and stuff makes a little more sense, but doesn't work because usually they're talking ship to ship and how can you possibly be scanning brainwaves it has to be based off of text but in ds9 isn't it a transplant or something in your head or something am i crazy Ugh. no that's in that's farscape i don't remember any of this yeah okay. I, think, I think i always took it as sort of implicit that they either had an earpiece or it was built into their communicators mm. myself that's headcanon though i've never yeah i don't know i i guess i i really like so you know, you know you mentioned the the implant which is that's how they did it in farscape where you basically get a brain It's implant. like a babblefish. Yeah, it's like a mm. babblefish that, you know, see, sort of detects what the other person means and translates it. Yeah. And that's actually, you know, why the, like, the Darmok, uh, the Darmok, the episode Darmok, they had... Such a good episode. They had, they had such a problem because their translators were working. Yeah. Even though they'd never encountered this race before. But, but what tra- they were saying was nonsense. But what they were saying was nonsense because they were only speaking in proper nouns, basically. And really advanced idiom, for lack of a better term. Yeah. I love Darmok. Um, I like Darmok so much, why don't you name a cat after it? I- yeah. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. It's a good choice. My other, my other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit was, so, you know, we're down here on the planet with the shuttlecraft and blah, blah, blah. Scotty's in charge on the Enterprise. Yep. Scotty is the worst fucking engineer this fucking episode. Because <laughs> he's thinking, you know, he's leading the ship and he decides, okay, we're going to find, we're going to find the captain. We're going to find them. Let's search every single planet individually. That is not how an engineer thinks. <laughs> yeah. That's true. An engineer would, like, build something. That would figure it out. Yeah. Or just like, you know, consult the computer. Like, based on the last known position of the shuttlecraft, where are the likely places they could be? And Well, the problem is they kind of do figure that out. They just have, unfortunately, a lot of options. Mm. But I mean, also, like, aren't they usually able to hone in on the communicators? Like, don't they, in theory, have communicators with them? Uh, The companion had shut down communications. That was all when she became Nancy. That was all like, that your stuff won't be broken bitch. anymore. Mm. Oh, did you notice, by the way, just brief, we won't get back to uh, the main thing. 
Uh, Spock had the fun dungeulator this week. He did. Yeah. It looked and like a little travel version of it. Yeah. And then it broke. Yeah. Yeah, because well, he, he pissed off uh, like a companion. Yeah. companion. Yeah, tried to mind meld with it, probably. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did like that um, That Nancy's scarfy thing was the same, like, like material. I thought that was really like, cool when he was looking through it at him. Like, that's what he'd always looked like yeah, to her. And she that, was, was, that was a really, a really nice, nice touch. touch. Yeah. According to, to Memory Alpha, that wasn't even something they planned. They just happened to be like, oh, wait, you have this scarf. Let's use the scarf as the fucking as a fucking like parallel to the to the critter. I really like. Yeah, that was good. She's like, oh, you looked better in green and blue. Oh, <laughs> now you're all fleshy. Yeah. Uh, She's like, god damn it! I give up immortality for this pasty motherfucker, son of a bitch. <laughs> And then she's going to look like James Cromwell, which if that's not her thing, she's in trouble. My thing is, like, they're going to grow old James and, like, Cromwell get sick oh, I love and shit, Yeah. right? So, like, just the two of them on a planet, and now she's not even immortal and keeping them from sickness, so they're just going to... They have to farm for themselves now, too. They're going to be, like, 90 years old and having to work the land. No, one's going to die young. No, something's going to kill them quick, One sure. of them's going to die, the other one's going to be stuck forever anyway. Well, now that he's not protected by her, there's probably some horrible space flu on this planet that's just gonna kill him. Some kind of amoeba in the water that just eats his brain. She is gonna be very put out the first time she has to use the bathroom. Mm. Oh! What is this? Oh! Why am I leaking? Oh, that's upsetting. Yeah. God, hopefully someone sits her down and talks to her about that shit before it happens. There's a book for it. It's gonna have to be Cochrane. I mean, she's got fucking Nancy in her head too, though. That's that's true. true. Nancy can help. I really think Nancy's dead. I think Nancy's dead. She's just Probably. talking in, in first-person plural just to trick them? Yeah, I think, she, I think she's like trying to soften the blow. Be like, mm, do I really want to tell them that I murdered this lady? And took, like, what, what about poor Nancy's family? It's like, oh, your daughter, your, you know, your, your wife, she died uh, on, you know, of this sickness that she got. Oh, that's so horrible. Well, okay, we'll put the body in the family plot. Oh, well, well, about the body. Oh. It's being we kind of left her on a planet. Oh, oh, well, shit, why would you do that? Did you bury her? Can we oh, go no, get no, her? no, no, there's an alien living inside of her now. <laughs> Here's another What? Another oh, and she's question. banging Zephyr. Well, here's the thing. They're not supposed to tell anyone about yes, Cochrane exactly. and all that. So how do they explain where her body is? Yeah. They had a jettison her. <laughs> <laughs> so they get back on the ship, and Scotty's like, where are the, where are the, where's the woman? Where did she go? And they're like, uh, we can't talk um, about it. Uh, she died. Well, where's the body? Uh, well, we were out there for a long time, Scotty, and we didn't bring a lot of supplies on the ship, so, like... You were gone for three hours? <laughs> <laughs> you were only four hours away! <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Yeah, there's some holes in that. Cause it's like, Poor Nancy. Also, like, I mean, I get that you're like, don't tell the universe about me, because he doesn't want to be... He doesn't want to... Because, you know, people would flock to see Zephram Cochran. Yeah. You know, so I get that he wants to be kept he's a, a secret. He's a fucking... Legend. Yeah, he, he's the human inventor Except of Warp Cochran Drive. of Alpha Centauri. Yeah, that was weird. I have a, actually have another question now, actually. Mm-hmm. Is if uh, the companion was keeping him young, and if he left, he was going to start aging. Oh, no, but it normally. was... And normally. Never yeah. mind, I retract yeah. what I was going to say. Gonna he, like, like, turns to dust as soon as they pull off the planet. Yeah, it's not yeah. like, uh, what's his face <laughs> at the end of... Uh, Six? Last Crusade. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. He um, chose poorly. He did. He did. But I can see being like, you know, don't tell anyone about us, but if you could occasionally have a supply ship drop by. Hmm. I'm really sick of farming. <laughs> I've had nothing but beets for years. I, too, I made like, this fig tree. We hate figs. Well, I think it's like, now, is he going to know how to farm? Tree if there are no wasps? Ooh. 
What? You need wasps for fig trees? Really? I don't know if all figs, though. It might only be... Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah, but also, where did the fig seed come from to begin with? He just had that in his... Backtrack. He brought figs... Wasps serve a purpose? Yeah, oh, so get this. So any... So, I don't... Again, I don't know if it's all figs. Okay. But there are some, some species of fig where the way that they... Germinate? Germinate or something is basically a wasp dies, like eats their flesh of the... Of the... Fig. Of the fig and then dies inside the fig and decomposes inside the fig and that like gives the basically the fig feeds off the corpse of the wasp. So whenever you eat a fig, you're eating like dead wasp goo. I do like figs. Well, that's disgusting. Uh, Holy shit! It's, good to, like, it's like, good to know, isn't it, that they're not just little stabby yeah. death machines? Yeah, because like bees, mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, bees can sting me, but bees make honey and pollinate flowers. Bees well, are bees also die when they sting you. Wasps come Some back for have, another, yeah. wasps, another go. The wasps but. just seem like fuck faces. The fact that they actually have a place in the circle of life—that's amazing. Well, now you now you can next time you eat a fig, you can thank a wasp. I don't really eat figs, but I eat fig newtons, so I'll think of that. And they're fruit and cake. Fruit cake and bee guts. I mean wasp guts. Mm. Yum. Shit. Well, this has been uh, this has been uh, very informative. Not etymology corner. What's the word for bugs? Ent- entomology. Entomology. entomology corner. Entomans fig cake. <laughs> mm. Entomology Oh, uh, so yeah, they have figs, though, evidently, on the planet. Apparently. Apparently other food. So I guess it's going to be pretty nice until they grow old and get sick and die. One of them falls and breaks a hip and there's nothing they can do. Does it even rain there? (laughs) I mean, it it must if they're planting shit. Well, see, he said he'd been planting, but apparently that was just a ruse because he said the companion provided Mm, stuff for him later. So now he had to actually farm. And it's like, Zephram. Zephram. Zeph. Do you know how to farm? Zephy boy. I know the... No, the concept. Do you know that it's going to take, you know, four to six weeks for you to have anything you can eat? <laughs> How do you feel about that? It's probably more than four to six weeks, but <laughs> did, you, did you, like, I feel like you were, Chris was watching me in particular, like, yes, she's from New Hampshire. She knows the length of time it takes to farm. That was actually not my thought. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Oh, God. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, that, 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 the end gets a little weird. It's like, yeah, I mean, have him leave you some stuff, Zeph. Mm. Get a replicator, fuck. So, Listen, Zeph lived through World War Three. That's he can, true. He can look after himself. Maybe he did some farming on Earth back in the day. While or Alpha in, Centauri, or that. he apparently moved to later. Which, I mean, Earth was kind of a shithole at the time, so I can see why. Yeah, so maybe after he figured out how to do warp, he, uh... Well, getting the fuck out of here! After he invented time warp... He time warped over to Alpha Centauri to retire. He time Alpha Centauri again. is a star. You can't live on a star. Well, you, the whole system they just Would call you them. like to live on a star? <laughs> Carry moonbeams home in a jar. There's so much singing. Here's we should thing. really be billing ourselves as the only musical Star Trek podcast. <laughs> I bet true. we aren't. Um, That's probably true. You know what's nice is a little, this, there's this callback to this later. And there's an episode of Enterprise where they come across a uh, small, like, broken-down, single-person ship with an unrecognizable corpse inside. Mm-hmm. And they obviously eventually realize it isn't, but they actually spend part of the episode wondering if they found Zephram Cochran's ship. Ah. Which, which that's the other nice. thing. That's kind, of, that's kind of selfish to say, I want to go die in space and bring a ship. And it's like, no, you've wasted a fucking ship, buddy. Mm-hmm. Perfect, perfectly good ship. It's now your fucking... Presumably a little one-man craft. Yeah. Who knows, maybe he still had the original Phoenix. And that's no, what he went that's, off in. Because that's in the Smithsonian. Oh, there we go. Uh, behind glass, you can't touch it. Mm. But yeah, that, I feel like that's kind of a... 
If it's just a little one, it makes sense. You know, like the, the, the guy that invents warp wants to die in space. It's sort of romantic. Mm. Something Viking funeral about it. Yeah. A little bit. And maybe he, again, maybe built, he built his own before. So maybe he built this one. Does he know he's, like, going to die in, like, a couple of days? Or yeah. is he going to be like, well, I'm going to go out here and bring some amount of food and not know of, how long it'll last? He had a can of beans and some figs. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a wasp colony. <laughs> that latter bit was unintentional. <laughs> can of beans. Made it very uncomfortable. Figs. Realized very quickly that the scrubbers for the air system weren't up to the can of beans. He's like, oh. oh, God, it's my own, and it's wretched. Oh! So glad Thank we you, could have Chris. fart jokes as well. <laughs> what kind of podcast would, be, would we be without them? We are it's the true. most mature Star Trek podcast Farts. on the internet. We uh, did have a... It's true, we are pretty elderly. Yeah, so, I don't know. I mean, I, I liked the idea of the episode. The, 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 the left, just the... Because I'm used to some sexism obviously in my original series star trek mm. but i just felt like the level was over the top a um, bit yeah and maybe, dialed it up to 11 it's just it's so. just my, maybe it's just my modern perspective that that makes it seem worse than it really is but um no but I, you're right even in comparison to other original series stuff it's a little like pretty heavy-handed this time yeah. although like i said unfortunately some of the tropes they're engaging in are still alive and well today true you know, it, that That's just... a good point. And, you know, but, and also the idea that poor Nancy, you know, for all intents and purposes, dies and no one gives a shit. Yeah. I don't think Doc even gives a shit. His bedside manner this episode was shit. Oh, yeah, I mean... He, he just tur- turns around to Dr. Kirk, oh, she's dying any fucking second now, and she's behind him like, oh, now I'm sad. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I also felt that the... Like, I can't remember what other episode where we made this comment, but the stuff that happens on the Enterprise feels fairly extraneous. A little. Not as bad as some, but oh, yeah, you wouldn't uh, lose yeah, much. The Gorn episode or whatever, where they're just like watching the Gorn fight <laughs> yeah. on TV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this one, like, hey, I don't think you. it wasn't as bad as some, but you could definitely still excise this and not lose much. Yeah, I mean, I guess they do need to have the... The story of how you know how they the are looking for gets them. there, but or they could just have like, oh, your communicators will work now, and they get a call from Scotty, who's like, yeah. where have you been, been, Captain? Ah, we just hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, we don't want to be found. Yeah, how did they get back onto the Enterprise in Imod? If everybody had been beamed off the Enterprise, and there were only robots on the Enterprise. There Maybe to, there has to be a surprise. Finny's in a pod somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> Finny. Oh, well, Finny. Maybe when they, you know, because they did switch them back on. Maybe they reprogrammed Norman beforehand, and they just had Norman send the command to start beaming people back up. Maybe. See, so you said Finny, and I thought Finnegan. No. <laughs> oh, Jimmy oh, boy. Oh, Jimmy boy. I'll beam you up, won't I? Oh, no, you don't. Yeah, high. exactly. It's a good Saint Barty's Day. After me, Lucky Charms. Oh, jeez, I'm water <laughs> Saints and Begora. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, casual racism towards Irish oh, people. Sorry. <laughs> yes. There's plenty of it in Star Trek as it is. That's so true. That's true. Sorry, Irish. Right. Do we have anything else on either of these? I don't know. Are there any more places that we can slip in come, if you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Well, then, if that is everything, that has been episode 20. Woo! 
rather mini milestone of A Star to Steer Her By. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, As always, please do find our Facebook page. Uh, We are on Twitter at SSHP Podcast. We are on Tumblr as SSHP Podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. So we should be findable on your favorite phone-based podcast listening doohickey. Coming up next, uh, depending upon the editing schedule, either next Thursday or maybe before then, we are going to be doing our first 10 forward. We've mentioned them before uh, as something we want to do. We are going to be discussing the recent uh, Rogue One. That's not Star Trek, Chris. Yeah, it's got star in the title. There you go. (laughs) Science fiction, you know. So yes, uh, join join us for that. And if maybe you haven't seen Rogue One and are going to skip that episode, then join us for our next actual episode, wherein we will be discussing Journey to Babel. Where's that Babel? Babel. It's Babel in the episode. Okay. Journey to Babel and Friday's Child. Oh, child's in the title. That bodes well. (laughs) It sounds terrible. And, uh, yeah, actually, episode 20. So we are approximately halfway through the original series at this point. So, uh, yeah, look what forward. dingus. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're dingusy dong. What? We are moving right along. It so, only goes downhill from here. <laughs> for a star to steer her by, I've been Chris. I've been Ames. I've been Caitlin. And I'm always Jake. <laughs> and I've been Had. What? Thank you for listening. Be sure to tip your yeoman. Parkour! <laughs> <laughs> It's just so fun to say, isn't it? It the is. The whole time I was watching that episode, I was just like, I can't wait to say it. I want to say hardcore. It's going to be great. <laughs> but first, I'm going to say Harold like an idiot. Well, it's fine. Mm, I feel like I'm grabbing a drink. Oh, my goodness, Caitlin. That was cool. While Caitlin is gone, let me read more paradoxes. Let me read things I hate about Caitlin. <laughs> Her stupid face. Actually, I don't know. I'm I'm st- I'm still up in the air about the glasses. So are you? And then the, the logo is weird. Yeah, the logo is weird, but no, look how cute I look. You are very cute. Thank you. Here's some of my favorite paradoxes, though. Hold on. Okay. Let me. The the Pinocchio paradox is fun. If Pinocchio said, "My nose is about to grow," 